in the beginning, if I told you everything I knew, you'd be like, I'm not starting. There's no way. But if you take on a small piece and you start to like get better and better at it, then you can take on another piece. Then you can take on another piece and then you start to get better. Welcome to the new 1% podcast. My name is Savannah Ashley. I'm a life coach, serial entrepreneur, and have been traveling the world since 2016. And I believe in getting paid to do what you love. Each week, I'm sharing stories and strategies to help you improve your life, dream bigger, and ultimately become the healthiest, wealthiest, and most fulfilled version of yourself. Are you ready for a 1% lifestyle? Then let's get into the show. I just love social media and the power of the internet sometimes. It connects you with the coolest people, and that is exactly what happened a year ago. After watching a YouTube video, I reached out to the YouTuber after hearing she was going to New Zealand. I said, hey girl, if you need any tips, if you need any advice, let me know. I'm more than happy to help. You know what? She came back and she was like, I would love that. We're actually looking for a van. So I hooked her up with a van and that was just the beginning of a great online friendship. And today I'm so excited to introduce you to her. If you don't already know, Shayla Christine from Living on a One Way, you're missing out. She is so much fun. Her videos are so great. They're so informative, but they're so entertaining. She just strikes the perfect balance. She's been traveling the world full-time since 2015 and has recorded the whole thing. Now she works as a YouTube and social media coach, helping others to grow their following. And with 51,000 followers on YouTube, you best believe she knows what she's talking about. She is a master storyteller who has built an epic community of not only travelers, but people who are wanting to do something epic with their lives. So I hope you find inspiration in her story. And without further ado, let's just get into the episode. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know we've been like IG friends in a way for oh my gosh, like a year now. Um, So it's actually really cool to sit down and properly chat. I know. It's so funny. And people always ask me when I tell them about my New Zealand trip, they're like, how did you find that van that you rented? And I was like, there's this girl on Instagram. And I was like, she's from New Zealand. And she asked if I needed any help just to let me know. And I, I was like, well, this is a long shot, but we're looking to rent a van. And she's like, I think my boyfriend's dad does that. And like, that's how we found our van. It was unbelievable. So it's such a random, awesome connection. I love it. So you, like you and I have a lot in common because we're both massive travelers. And that's why I thought it would be so awesome to bring you on today and kind of expose everyone to the world of traveling and how easy and just fun it can be because while it comes with its hiccups, sure, you have created your life around what it is you're most passionate about. And a a huge part of that is travel. So can you give us a bit of a backstory into how you got going and and how that all started? Definitely. And I think it's so important to ask these questions because even with me, I ask other travelers, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, this is such a, it's so unique and different for each person that I feel like it's interesting to to just hear how other people are doing it. Um, I'm sure you know that just traveling, you've seen millions of different ways. But for me, I started, I was, I would, I was working at a restaurant. I'm from Minnesota in the States and I was working at a restaurant and they would let me take, I don't know, two or three week trips to Peru and to Thailand and different places. And then I was like, okay guys, I'm going to be gone for three months and then I'll be back. I have to go 
to a bachelorette party. I'm going to be teaching yoga in Costa Rica. Then I'm going to lead my own yoga retreat. And then I'm going to go to the wedding. And then I'm going to go work on the Appalachian Trail. And then I'll be back. And they were like, uh, no. Like, we can't hold your job for you. But if, if you come back and the position's still available, you can obviously reapply it and it'll be easy peasy. And I was like, what? <laughs> this, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so I decided instead of going back to Minnesota, and basically reapplying for my job, I would just move to Puerto Rico because Puerto Rico is U.S. territory and you don't need a visa and I love Spanish. And I was like, and I'm just going to apply for a job there. And so that was the start of all of it. And that was just, the, I mean, that's how I started. It wasn't it wasn't like, I hate my nine to five. I, I can't be with my boyfriend. I just need to try. Like, it was literally just, I fell into it. I had a series of things that were like the yoga retreat. Obviously I could I was making money so I could maintain traveling and I just kept going and just kept taking the opportunities as they came. And how long ago was that now? Oof. Uh, May, 2015. Amazing. Did you, did you ever expect that you would be traveling pretty much consistently for four or five years? No, I, that wasn't the plan. The plan. I mean, I didn't, I didn't have a plan. I didn't, I wasn't, I don't know. Initially, like in high school, if somebody was like, what's your dream job? It was literally, how could I move around the world making enough money to live and to get to the next place? Like that was, that was like, if I could do that, that would be incredible. But when I did it, I didn't really have a set destination and I really enjoyed the slow travel and like getting a job in the location and staying there for a couple of months instead of just a checklist of how many countries can I get to and how many things can I see? It was more just really immersing myself in the culture and that, I don't know. I think, I think that makes it a little bit easier because you have less plane tickets and you are able to like get a job and kind of settle in a little. You've obviously worked in some crazy jobs like around the world. Like you say, you were just looking to make a, make a living and immerse yourself in the culture until you had enough to like move on again. So like, how did you decide? Because it started with this yoga retreat, but then you've gone on to work the Appalachian trail and you went and worked in Greece. Is that right? With refugees? Yeah. And like all of these experiences, how did you, how did you like choose what it is that you were going to do? No, that's a good question. Um, I, I call it opportunity chasing really. So when people ask me how I got out and how I find these opportunities, I tell them, and I'm sure you can relate. You just have to get out there and go do it because when you start traveling, you start meeting people all over the world. And at one point, like I was in Peru hiking to Machu Picchu with this girl from Norway. And she said that their pizzeria takes um, visa workers all the time. So I applied to get a visa there and ended up not working out. I ended up getting accepted, but the timing was off. So like, how do I find a pizzeria in Norway? You don't, you have to get out there and start meeting people and just taking the opportunities and going after those things. But so I guess that's, that's really how I choose. So after Puerto Rico, uh, I moved down to Nicaragua and I chose Nicaragua because my yoga retreat was in Costa Rica and we ended up, me and the other instructor ended up going up to Nicaragua from Costa Rica just to check out San Juan del Sur. And I met 
someone from there. Her name is Nemo. And so I just contacted Nemo and I was like, hey, you work at a bar. Do you think they need more help? And she's like, totally, come on down. So that's, I moved to Puerto Rico, or to Nicaragua and lived there. And I can't even remember all that. And then, yeah, I could go through the whole list, but it, it basically went down to going out and meeting people and then just taking the opportunities. Mm. And you and I have spoken about being yes people. Totally. So like, you know, a yes person essentially is an opportunity chaser. They're open and they're yep. willing to try new experiences and they put themselves out there. How do you kind of set boundaries around that? Like, how do you choose what you say yes to and what you don't say yes to? It's a good question. I think initially I was saying yes to everything. I was like, yes, yes, yes. I want to do this. I want to go here. I want to do this. And now I think it would be, what do I say yes to? I still say yes to so many things. It's it just as if it interests me. So if it's some epic opportunity, but I'm like, eh. like if somebody was like, let's go backcountry skiing. That's scares the sh- Can we swear? Are we swearing? Yeah. Okay. Oh my God. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, like backcountry skiing scares the shit out of me. So if somebody's like, let's go do this epic, I don't know, Switzerland backcountry skiing thing, I'd be like, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. But if somebody offered I don't know like I just got offered to go this Nepal wow that sounds gnarly because it's 18 days of just like hiking but I was like yeah that sounds amazing and so I think I think when it is who the people are that are going because traveling with people is it's very difficult to find a good travel companion and then just obviously how much it's going to cost and if it's of interest to me that's such a such a good way to look at things and I think like on a general plane of field like that applies it doesn't just come down to traveling it's like okay does this actually interest me what is going to be like the return on investment not just money but like my time am I going to get something amazing out of this and more often than not like you will um I think saying yes pays off more than saying no. But what like really fascinates me with your travels is that you've actually managed to make a career out of it. So while you were making money to move to the, you know, from one place to the other, your life now is centered around this narrative and this like personal brand that you've created for yourself. So can we backtrack a little bit and kind of explain what living on a one way means and like how your life looks with travel now? Yeah. So when I first started, I was yoga shay <laughs> because I was yoga and I was, I had, I was like, Oh, I'm at Machu Picchu. Here's my dancer pose. And I was doing that. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, I don't really do yoga that often. I don't want to do yoga poses at every location. And I was like, I need a rebrand to just like travel. And so living on a one-way made the most sense to me because it was about one-way tickets. It was just about keep going and just keep moving forward. And so as that's changed, because now I am, I have a nephew and I, and I have a boyfriend, Seth, and he's in a police academy. And so it's kind of like, I'm trying to manage a balance of staying at home and being where I need to be, but also fueling that flame inside of me to just like adventure. And so living on a one way has kind of turned into just like always moving forward and always just going for it, travel or not. And I think it's still irrelevant because I was like, oh my God, I have to rebrand. <laughs> living on a one way is only travel and now I'm not traveling full time and I don't know what to do. And and then I was like, no, living on one way is just about 
just going for it and moving forward and not looking back kind of. I love that. Yeah. All, all forward momentum and all of those like yeses and opportunities that you've like opened yourself up to in a way are like little winds of momentum. And that that's kind of the audience you attract is not just travelers, but people who are interested in just making the most out of their lives. Absolutely. And I, to go with the yes, yes girl thing is I've had to learn from saying yes to everything, how to be a no girl, because saying yes, everything can be exhausting and it can be draining and it can be, you have no time to yourself. And so I had to learn how to be a no girl and to say like, uh, my time's not best spent doing that, or that's not going to get me to where I need to go. Even though it's like the coolest opportunity, I've got two choices, like a cool opportunity and like an epic opportunity and the cool opportunity keeps me on my path. And the epic one is just some off the wall thing and deciding which one's the right one and having to just say no, just to keep a balance. Oh, that's good. I like that. Yeah. Balance, balance is is so important, but uh, like, what does your life look like now that you've kind of settled down in a way? Oh my gosh, that word like tastes funny, but we're now based in one place with, with your nephew and your sister and your boyfriend. A lot of people are going to say like, how do you afford to travel? But I think we've answered that in that you just took random jobs and, you know, saved your money. But now um, that you're kind of in one place, how do you afford to travel from there to afford the trips that you go on now? Well, and you're nailing it on the head because I'm like, okay, I'm in one spot now where before I could be like, oh, you want me to help set up Bali Spirit Fest? Okay, done. Going to Bali. And I would make money there. Or like just bounce around and get all these jobs. Well, now I'm in one spot. Yeah, I have I have a rent now with my sister and I have just expenses that are not on the road. And it's more expensive here than it is. Like when I was in Nicaragua, my rent was two fifty a month and my breakfast was $3 and it's just so much cheaper to live other places. But, um, so I've had to like figure out what to do now. And so what I'm doing is a few things. I am, I started a YouTube course because I've grown on YouTube and I know how to grow on YouTube and I love connecting and, and helping people. I I have a psychology degree. That's like what my bachelor's is in. And so kind of coaching and counseling, like just fills me up. Like I love it. So I've created this YouTube course so that people can either just buy the course and work on it on their own, or I can coach them through it. And it's literally my favorite thing to do. I have a call today and I just went through his YouTube channel and I was like, okay, these are the recommendations I'm going to give to them. This is what I know that this is going to help them, but also help them find what, like I said, genuinely interests them that they're going to stick with. So I've got a YouTube course. I'm doing some, um, I don't know what I want to call it, like branding for photography. So I have a lot of friends who are trying to grow their Instagram. And so I'm like, okay, well, I'll help you create content that you can post all about your what you're doing. And so I asked them, what are your upcoming campaigns? Okay, then we're going to take these photos that are going to support your next launch because you can talk about this when you take them and kind of like help them map out their content. And then I'm also working, this is a weird one, but I'm working with a talent agency because I've done video and I've done photos. And so I figured if I'm in one spot, might as well work with a talent agency that because like Target is based out of Minnesota. And so they do a lot of 
I don't know. They just need models. I hate models, but had for their ads and stuff like that. So no, like say it, be proud of it, own it. You're a model now. Need <laughs> it? I'm like, yeah. Now, now that I'm home, I'm in a model. It's like gross, but I'm also sharing that on my social media because it's something that is like totally self-conscious for me and it feels conceited and it's whatever, but I just auditioned for one and I put it on my Instagram story. Like I'm, I'm just going for it and we'll see what happens. And the first one I didn't get, and I haven't put that on my Instagram yet, but I'm going to share that. I'm going to be like, look, I'm putting myself out there. I'm trying this new thing. We'll see how it goes. And if it completely flops, I don't care. My first audition was scary and I got through it. And if I did really poorly, then I know what to do better next time and I'm going to do better. So I'm going to kind of share that a little bit, but I think, yeah. So those are kind of my current streams that I'm working on right now. And, and they really, I don't know, they, they excite me. I'm excited about them. That That's really cool. And I love, I love, we, we could be looking at like from Appalachian trail to Victoria's secret model kind of story. Oh God. <laughs> No way. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. You can, be, yeah. Yeah. you can have your own like hay bear models. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. For anyone that's wondering what the heck I just spoke about, um, hay bear is, <laughs> so Shayla has her own, uh, what do you, merch? Like I was going to say clothing line, but it's, it's like. Yeah. I would say merch is more. Yeah. And um, and your fear of bears kind of uh, sparked this hay bear shirt um, and jumper. And do you guys call them jumpers or jerseys or sweaters? Sweatshirts. Okay, sweatshirts. So none of the above. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. A jersey is what like the basketball players wear, or like it's a it's a sports uniform. Yeah, so I created these hay bear shirts because I'm terrified of bears. And Seth, my boyfriend, likes to go on hikes. And literally every time I go, I'm like, uh, what if we see a bear? And I was living up in Alaska, and that's where the fear comes from. Because when I worked in Alaska, my my coworkers would go on these hikes, and they're like, I just got false charged by a grizzly bear. And I'm like, what? But what? You were out on a hike, and the, the grizzly bear will just run at you and then stop. And just intimidate you. And I'm like, I'm never going on a hike again. Like, that sounds like the scariest thing in my life. But apparently, when you see a bear, you're just supposed to go, hey, bear, just walking through your beautiful home, not trying to, like, da -da, and just, like, walk past them. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know that I can just hey, bear my way through things. But so I created the shirts, and people love them. And then recently, I was up in northern Minnesota, and I guess they have wolves up there. And they're like, oh, it'd be super cool if you could see a wolf, but hopefully you don't see it while you're cross-country skiing. And I was like, what? I don't want to that, – that's terrifying. Like, I don't know what to do about that. So now I'm creating hey, wolf shirts, and I'm actually working with – an artist that I met in Nicaragua who's big into like wolf conservation. And so we're partnering to work towards that and kind of bring a little bit of awareness to what she's doing. So there you go. You got an insider scoop on what's coming next. <laughs> Privilege. You guys were so lucky. That's really cool. Cause I'm all about like conservation packs and like trying to do what you can um, where you can. And who doesn't love a trendy shirt and staying warm. So, you know, win, win. Yeah. Win, yeah. win. Um, 
obviously being a YouTuber, how did you get started in the YouTube world? So I, it was after I had done my Costa Rica trip and I was at the wedding that I had mentioned before. And my friends were like, you should do a, a blog about your travels. And I was like, I don't enjoy writing. Like I, the, the thought of like sitting down and writing about my travels sounds awful. And so, but I like telling stories and I like talking. And so I had a few people that are like, just, well then just do a video. And so I started doing videos and it was literally, it started on the Appalachian trail and I, I don't even know how I committed to once a month or once a week or how I chose Wednesday. I feel like I must've looked at like, when's the best time to post a YouTube video and just chose, (laughs) but that's definitely been, it's been a challenge. It's because sometimes I wake up and I'm like, Oh shit, it's Wednesday. I have to make a video today. And in the beginning showing up to nobody is really difficult because you're like, all right, I just spent 12 hours making this video or more thinking of the content, coming up with what to say, editing, posting, whatever. And I have 30 views. So probably 10 of them are my mom and like, who knows what the rest are. And then I'm getting like feedback from people that are saying, oh yeah, so-and-so saw that you invited him to your Facebook page and he didn't accept it because he thinks it's dumb. And I'm like, okay, I don't care. So it's there's definitely this weird... In the beginning, it's just weird. I don't know. I just think showing up once a week. I just recently heard it's called the Oprah effect, basically, where it's like, you know that Oprah is on at 4 p.m. every day or whatever time she was on. And so you know you need to be there at that time. And so if people know that you're showing up on Wednesdays, they're going to be looking out for your stuff. And in the beginning, nobody's looking out for it. But towards the end or as you start to grow, that's how you grow is that people know that you're consistent. They know that you show up and they know that you're going to give content and you're not just going to fall off. And that's what I recommend to people when they are starting just so that their audience knows what to expect. I feel like that was full of so many just like ancient proverbs by Shayla, <laughs> like <laughs> nuggets of wisdom in there. And like, if it's good enough for Oprah, it's got to be good enough for everyone else. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. So what is one piece of advice you would give to someone who is starting out? Like, how do you also overcome that resistance or just like lack of interest in the beginning? So I think that you definitely need to choose what you are personally interested in. And if it changes, it changes. But I think, so my number one thing is just start. You just have got to start because if you don't, your editing's not going to get any faster. You're not going to understand how to do it, how to like make a thumbnail effectively. You're not going to know what it's like to come up with content once a week, even if it's garbage, even if you're making stuff that like nobody's watching. And if somebody were to give you feedback, they'd be like, this is so bad. It doesn't matter. You just have to get started, put yourself out there because the more you do it, the faster you get. And then you can take on new things in the beginning. If I told you everything I knew, you'd be like, I'm not starting. There's no way. But if you take on a small piece and you start to like get better and better at it, then you can take on another piece. Then you can take on another piece and then you start to get better. Cause my first videos I recorded on my computer, like on the little camera on my computer and they, it was bad. And I watched them now and I'm like, this is like the titles are bad and the content is bad. And it's just, but if I didn't start there, I wouldn't be where I am now. And so I tell people to compare themselves to like my first 10 videos because that's where they're starting. They're starting at the beginning. If they compare themselves to what whoever is doing now, well, that's not fair because There's three years of experience there. So I tell people to start 
And I tell people to find something that they genuinely love. If I had started as a blogger, I probably wouldn't be doing this right now because I would not have committed. I wouldn't have shown up to writing once a week because I don't enjoy that. But like telling a story I enjoy and like connecting with people I enjoy. So just like finding something that genuinely interests you that you can keep up with. Mm, that's so important. I think when you're passionate about something or you, you do simply just enjoy it, like you're more likely to stick with it and adhere to it. Yep. And not care about the outcome. You don't care if, if people are watching because you had fun making it and the few people that did watch it, you hope they find value and that's enough. Okay. So there's been people who have kind of gone, oh, I'm not going to like your Facebook page or you've had like not many views on a video. And that's something that you can overcome. But how about in real life, like with the way you were choosing to live, going from place to place and just spending so much time essentially on the road, did you ever come up against people who thought you should be doing something else? Totally. And mostly it was like old men. They were like, well, what do you, how are you going to retire? What do you, you're just like wasting your life like this? I'm like, no, I'm not. What? But then like, there'd be another old guy sitting next to him being like, no, you're doing it exactly right. It was just, I mean, everyone has their opinion, especially when you veer from the norm. Everyone's going to tell you what they think. I mean, even when I'm sick, I post on Instagram, I'm like, I'm sick. I get 25 different recommendations and how to get better. It's like, no, I'm not asking you for recommendation. Like, thank you. I appreciate, I know where you're coming from here, but like, no. So everyone has their opinion on it. And everyone assumes that my dad's paying for everything or everyone assumes that, I don't know. There's just a lot. And so I just didn't, I didn't really care. I was just doing what I was doing and I was documenting it and it was cool. The people that were into it. And I didn't, I just, I don't know. I shouldn't care. <laughs> I feel like I really want to ask you about how you've kind of like grown on YouTube as well, because obviously it's been quite an organic, would you say like a real organic growth um, and being consistent must have played a part in that. But what do you think is really given, like, why do you think people follow you? Like what it is, what is it, sorry, that you inject into your videos that keeps people coming back? So I always try and make my videos informational, entertaining, and or inspiring. So, and this is kind of the evolution of it, right? So in the beginning, it was literally just a travel diary because I had no idea what I was doing. And so I'd be like, today I went on a hike and then we hiked up to the top and then this is the view that the top and then, and then, and then, and then, and it was super boring or like, this is what I did this week. I worked and then I went on this thing and then, and then, and then, and then, and it just wasn't great. But I was also, I didn't have a script. I was just talking. And so finally I was like, all right, I'm going to try doing a script. And that kind of forced me to think of a purpose for the video because I realized, okay, so I started doing these travel videos just to document my travels. And one of my videos was a Burning Man video because I was there and I was just making a video about it. Well, that video took off. Like it has almost a million views on YouTube. And so instead of just going, Oh, that's really neat. I was like, why did this video take off? And none of my other videos have a million views. And I was like, Oh, people are searching for burning man. Nobody's searching for. And, and then, and then, and then, and then video about my week. Like I have to make content for strangers. 
I need to make content for people who have no idea who I am, don't really care about who I am, but just are looking for some information. And so then I made the eight solo traveler videos. And that was a way, I mean, that's how you found me. And that's another one that's taken off. And so I do a balance between searchable content for to grow and then relationship building to keep people there and to keep people interested. And so those are videos with my sister or those are storytelling videos. But even the videos where I'm doing like eight tips for solo travel, I will give the tip and then I will tell a story about it because I love telling stories and I don't just want to be like, this is what you have to do. It's like, this is what you have to do. And this is why, and this is what I did one time that didn't work. And, and that kind of injects a little bit of personality. Um, so that was a huge thing that I learned is just like content for strangers. And that, that even affects how you title your videos so that people that are looking for it will find it versus just people that already follow you. Um, trying to think of what, but definitely consistency, because if I hadn't been consistent, I wouldn't have, maybe I wouldn't have hit that Burning Man video because I don't know, but the more content you create, the more you can see what works and what doesn't work. And I just always look at it kind of from a analytic or just constructive. Like I just posted a video about how to grow on YouTube and it pretty much flopped. Like it didn't do well on my YouTube channel. And I was like, okay, not upset about it at all. But now I know that my audience doesn't really care about growing their YouTube channel. So here's another insider. I'm going to start a second channel about how to grow your YouTube because it doesn't make sense with the one that I have right now. Because clearly from that one video, my my audience on Living on One Way is not interested in that. Great. Now I know that. Now I'm going to do something else. So I think that you can't be afraid of trying things or being risky with things because you can only learn from them. Mm -hmm. And that's so cool that you've kind of gone, all right, that video didn't take off on the current channel, but I still want to make it. And if it doesn't fit there, I'm going to make it fit or like, I'm just going to take it somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. When people, I guess, raise these points about um, looking at someone who has something they want, it's it's often like, how do I get from zero to a hundred? And people forget that there's 99 numbers in between. There's a lot of learning curves. There is a lot of just like failing forward, you know, like when you don't hit the mark, it doesn't mean that the mark is unreachable. It just means you have to like move where you're aiming for it. You know, it's, it's like the goal just moves. It's not like the game ever stops. Yeah. And, or you have to take a different path. Like you're looking up one path to get to the top of the mountain and you're like, there's no way. You have to walk around the mountain a few times to get up to the top instead of just like beelining to the top. And I think if you're interested in it, you're willing to go through the suck. You're willing to kind of like, yeah. Seth, Seth has a tattoo that says, my aim is only to move forward. And he just pointed to it and nodded his head. But it's true. Like just if you want something, it's not, oh, I tried and I failed. It's like, okay, you still have two more years of trying before you might hit the mark or figure it out. And that's a lot of the people that I follow for growth or different strategies. They're like, you've got two years before you're going to hit anything and that you, that you just need to put in the work. And I think that's really important. Yeah, totally. Nothing, nothing just gets handed to you. Yeah. Is there something that you wish you could look back to five years ago, five years ago, Shayla, and be like, girl, this is what you need to know. I don't, I, do you have anything to say, Seth? 
Uh, I would say patience and a sense of direction and going after things when you know what you want. Like not waiting, just keep doing Me? it. Me? Yeah. Patience and going after things simultaneously. Well, knowing what to go after, but knowing that it oh, takes I time. See, yeah. So instead of just kind of like moving forward aimlessly, yeah, which is kind of funny, yeah, you have a direction and you know, okay, I need to do A, B, C, and D before I can get to E. So you're patient enough to get those done and do them the right way. Yeah. And then you can get to your end goal. I, I don't know. I just think that you have way more patience and you have way more direction than you did when I first met you. Really? Yeah. Well, there you go. No, I, I think definitely, and I think this is a, I think this is a very common thing with people who are trying to find their direction is they're like, well, I'm interested in everything. Well, I just, how am I going to pick one thing? I love this and this and this and this and this. And I think just going forward with any, just pick one because I started out as yoga Shay and then I switched to living on a one way and it was just, if I hadn't just started, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have gained those years of experience. So I think, and, and I think just starting and just going for it is also difficult because people are like, well, I don't know what my end goal is. And that's how I didn't, when I started, I didn't know what my end goal was. I didn't know I wanted to do YouTube or I didn't know. And I still don't know exactly where I'm going, but I just, I guess my goals are just to keep my flexibility to help people and to just do things that really make me happy. So I guess just, I don't know. I feel like I did all right. I think I did flounder a little bit, but I think the, I, I learned a lot in the floundering. Yeah. And obviously like you're nowhere near finished as we right. all aren't. This is, this is only, gosh, not even halfway through, you know? Right. So when, when you're kind of looking back and you're going, okay, it's hard to connect the dots moving forward, but you look back and you're like, okay, that decision led to this dot. And then that decision led to that dot. And really it's all just like this journey of decisions. Have you got any practical strategies into how you make a decision? Is it really just based on like intuition and going, okay, this feels like something I want to do or are you like, okay, I'm a pros and cons list. I'm going to map this out on a whiteboard. Very analytical. How, how do you make your decisions? Yeah, totally based on what I want to do. It's intuition based for sure. And it should probably be more into like, it's very, it's a lot of conversations. And poor Seth has to deal with being the soundboard for all of them. So he's like, what? This is like the seventh thing you've come up with this month. And I'm like, I know, but I really like it. And he's like, what about this idea that you loved? I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. So it's just kind of... I think I kind of come up with a bunch of ideas and just let them stew and then see what happens. And I surprise myself every time I do it because the hay bear thing took me a full year, a full year. There's this, I do it through bonfire and bonfire. Basically, if you were to order a hay bear shirt, you do it on bonfire. They print it, they ship it done. And so I'm not making as much money as if I were to do all that by myself, but great because they do everything. And so this guy, Zach was messaging me. He's like, Hey, I think you should make a shirt. And I was like, I don't have any shirt ideas. And he's like, all right, our team will create some for you. Okay. I don't like any of these. Okay. I'm really busy. I can't talk right now. I can't talk. I can't talk. A year later I launched it and I, I think I sold 200 Hay Bear shirts in my first launch. And it was just like, what? Why have I waited so long to do this? And the same thing with it's fear. It's the same thing with my YouTube course. I was like, Oh man, 
I don't know. What if people don't like it? What if nobody signs up? What if I can't, like, what if I just make really bad whatever? I don't know. I don't know. And then I just did it and I sold 12 in a week. Like, just going, just doing the things is kind of what, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not analytic about it at all. It's definitely where my interests are and where I can add value to other people's lives or where I can, yeah, it's all intuition based. It's just, I know what you're saying where it just either aligns or it doesn't. Yeah. And knowing yourself and knowing yourself well enough to know I'm not interested in following through with that. So I'm not, cause people tell me I should, Oh, you should start a podcast. I'm like, <laughs> no, <laughs> I hardly have time to make my Wednesday videos. Like I don't have time to start a podcast or I need to find more. Now that I'm in one spot, I need to find more revenue streams. And so, um, I think a podcast is, I'm two years away from making that a revenue stream, you know? So I, I need to think of more. Yeah. There's, I just get ideas now. And if it doesn't just go, yes, that's amazing. I'm like, I don't want to create the capacity for that right now. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we only have so many hours in the day and so much energy to give to certain things. And I think that's one thing that everyone can take away from this episode, at least is to play to your strengths. Yes. Yes. Because you didn't write a blog because you don't like writing and you weren't going to commit to it. So that would have just would never have happened. You'd written like two and you'd been like, Oh God, fuck this. This is not fun. Exactly. I I need to focus. And that's the other thing is that's kind of what I was saying before is I just was like, yes to everything. And I didn't have a clear vision. And now it's like, okay, I need to, I want to do this YouTube course, which means that I need to start a second YouTube channel to funnel people into the YouTube course. That's my goal right now. So the, the podcast though, I obviously, I I feel like we're so similar, but just connecting with people and interviewing people and sharing people's story that I, I would love that, but I need to focus on the YouTube course at the moment and get that rolling. And then maybe I can start a podcast and maybe it's about YouTube growth. I don't know. But yeah, I think just, I definitely think playing to your strengths and play and not overexerting yourself because as an entrepreneur, there's no clock out time. And that's something that I'm trying to balance is like, okay, at this time I need to just stop work because I'm creating my own schedule and I'm working myself so hard. And there's other things that are important, like spending time with Seth and spending time with my nephew and not working all the time. Not only are you creating videos that are based on your life, which means like essentially you have to document a great portion of it. How, how do you set up those boundaries? Is it just a matter of going, okay, it's eight o'clock done. Or what, what does that look like? Yeah. So with these YouTube courses, I, we kind of discussed this before, like there's an app where people can basically schedule their coaching session. And I've made that time from 8am to 3pm. And so that's the only time that those people can, that anybody can schedule a time to talk. And obviously if someone's like, Hey, that's, I work nine to five. Like I, you're, you're not giving me any work. I'm going to schedule them on Saturday or whatever in the afternoon. But at least it's like, here's my, this is my boundaries. These are the times that I'm willing to give. And I change it so that if you schedule at two from one to two, it's also, it's also blocked off. So I'm not going from one to the next to the next. It's, it's very structured. And then on my iPhone, I just switched it. So my, every one of my apps locks at 7 PM. And of course I can go in and be like, give me 15 more minutes or unlock for the night or whatever. But it, Sometimes when you're just droning in work, you don't even know what time it is. So when all of a sudden my locks, my all my apps lock, 
I'm like, oh, it's seven o'clock. I need to like start shutting down or I need to start doing that. So Instagram will lock after 15 minutes. And most of the time I just say, give me 15 more minutes. But sometimes if I'm literally just scrolling, I'm like, oh my God, I've been on here for 15 minutes. I have to get off of here. And so it's just kind of a check. And I don't know if you've heard my computer also goes, it's 2.30 or it's 2 o'clock. Every half hour, it tells me what time it is. And so it's just kind of like a way for me to be like, am I being productive? What am I doing? What do I need to be doing? Mm, oh, yeah. Well, I, I was introduced to this idea of mini days. So do you listen to Ed Milet or have you heard of him? No. Okay, I hadn't either until a couple of days ago, and like the rabbit hole of the internet works, I stumbled across this podcast, and he was like, okay, time is this made-up thing, which I agree with, and he goes, why do we all think there's only 24 hours in a day? So the way he structures his days is three days in 24 hours. He works from 6 to 11, and then I think it's like 11 to 4, and then 4 to... Eight, and he like blocks out these sections of time and goes, okay, this is what I need to get done today in quotation marks. And he's so much more productive. He's like, I put an alarm on my phone for every hour. And then I look back and I'm like, holy crap, what did I do during that hour? I love that. Such a good way to manage yourself and just check yourself. Totally. And I, I've done something similar in, in the morning. Sometimes if I just am overwhelmed with everything, I'll set a two minute alarm on my phone where I write. And so I'll write everything that I need to get done. Just, just word vomit on the page. Like I need to do this, this, and this, and then I'll kind of organize it and then I'll give it time limits. So this is going to take me an hour. This is going to take me 30 minutes. This should take me 10 minutes. It's it's clocking in and out. I say, all right, it's 2.50. Start. And then after an hour, I check and I see what I've done. But then it also just like, it's, it isn't just like a droning of time. It's like, okay, I have an hour to get this done. I don't have time to look at my Instagram or I don't have time to do this. And I'm just going to dive in and get this done so I can check it off my list. So I totally agree with that. And I think it's super beneficial. Yeah. There's, there's so many ways to kind of check yourself as an entrepreneur and be like, okay, I know I'm working from home, but still got to get dressed and do all the things that a normal person needs to do. Your passion, because when it's your passion, you're fine with just working and learning and looking up stuff. And it, Mm. it just doesn't end. And so it, it makes it harder, but it's also rewarding. So it's kind of, I don't know. It's, it's definitely tricky, but you just have to, yeah, just make sure that it's productive, I guess. Mm, And that it's right for you. Mm -hmm. I would love to know what your idea of success is because we've spoken about how everyone has like these different paths and there's multiple ways to get to one place. And, you know, we're both so big on living a passionate and full life. So I'd love to know what, what success actually means to you. So for me, it means having the flexibility to do what I need to do because I've considered working for different marketing companies and I'm like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to go in. I'm like, they probably aren't gonna let me go on a month-long trip or whatever. So I think the flexibility, I think something that I'm passionate and happy to do, but I also think it's about helping people. And I mean, even just by example, to give them the courage to travel or through this YouTube course to help them increase their YouTube. And it's always about that, assisting other people. That's a pretty cool idea of success. (laughs) And some might say you're pretty successful already based on that. (laughs) Right. Thanks. 
Yeah, I like it. I, and I mean, that's the whole point of the channel is just to, yeah, just show people that it's possible. And it's really interesting because I don't, I don't watch YouTube at all. Like people are like, who's your favorite YouTuber? I'm like, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch YouTube. I don't go on. And so I think, I don't know if that helps me or if that hurts me. I don't know. I kind of think it's interesting because I just get to do whatever I want and not really worry about what's whatever. But then sometimes I'll watch it and I'll be like, Ooh, I like how they edited this or I like how they did their intro and I'll get different ideas. Yeah. I don't know. That's not super relevant, but (laughs) it's interesting. I, I think it is though. I think it is relevant because in a way that just reinforces the fact that you are doing what you do. Like there's nothing disingenuous about your channel. It's purely, this is me. This is what I like. This is how I do things. And I hope that you take something from it because that's half the reason I do it. Exactly. Yeah. Thanks. Mm. (laughs) And, and so just as like a a fun way to offset that I'm so fascinated with the way people speak and, and kind of like what value we add to things. And I also just love language. So I'd love to ask like, what is your favorite word and why this is like oh I was like this is an interesting question I wrote down grateful I think that grateful is my favorite word because I think it's just so important because even if you fail at things just finding the parts that you're grateful for will I think alleviate any of the grief or problems or regrets or anything you just find the the good in it and I think that's really important when you're kind of paving your own way or, or any, any situation. And then gratitude is huge. That's a beautiful word. I think we can all take a lot from that. Thank you so much for, for joining me. And it's actually so cool to sit down and like actually chat. Um, this is probably the closest in terms of like physical locations we've ever been. <laughs> you in the state, in Canada. <laughs> oh my gosh, Vancouver. So beautiful. It, it actually reminds me a lot of New Zealand. Oh, yeah, 100. I So my favorite place that I've ever been was Alaska because I loved the ocean. I loved the mountains. And as soon as I went to the South Island of New Zealand, I was like, oh, my God. Like, it's just it's incredible. And it's the same. It's the mountains and the ocean and the people. And it was, oh, man, New Zealand is a magical place. I loved it. Mm, but you know what I love the most about it? There's no... There's like nothing that wants to kill yeah, you. Yeah, that's why I went there. I was like, this, there's no bear. There, but you could go on a 12-hour hike and you don't have to worry about anything that's going to get you. There's like levels of danger and New Zealand's pretty low. Yeah, and it's beautiful. So it's just like a win, 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 win. It's, oh, it's amazing. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Honestly, I, I hope at some point um, we can actually meet somewhere in the world. Yeah, I love it. I'm so excited. And, and thank you so much for asking me to do this. I, I mean, same. I wanted to connect with you and talk with you. So this is perfect. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Please don't forget to pop over to wherever you are listening to podcasts and drop a review and rate the show. Also, make sure you check out the show notes where there is extra information on everything we spoke about. Cool guys, until next time.